0: it's often said that purposeful work is one of the ingredients of a meaningful life but what really is purpose how do you find it and what do you do once you have hi everyone coming at you today with another bite-sized episode about how you tell stories so that people will listen I'll try to keep it nice and short, so grab a coffee, and I hope this gives you something useful to think about as you go about your day. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, because we are so bombarded every day with messaging that it can be difficult to hear through all of that noise. And if you're a social entrepreneur, or you work in a business where you're trying to make real change, do real good, you have a valuable story that deserves attention, but how do you get it? Let me begin by saying I am not a marketing expert. I can't tell you about campaigns, conversion, or funnels. I'm a storyteller. I've spent most of my career working in TV with amazing storytellers, trying to figure out what kinds of stories are going to resonate with which kinds of audiences. I can tell you what's going to get attention, but most importantly, what's going to hold it? So why is this important? Is there any value in a great story if it doesn't get somebody to do something, to click a link, or subscribe to a newsletter? I think so. And here's why. If you want to innovate, if you want to change behavior, if you want to create impact, like so many of the women I've spoken to on this podcast, you need to build a relationship. And that starts with telling stories that people actually want to listen to. For thousands of years, we have relied on storytelling to create connections with people. Scientists now know that when we hear a story, the theory of the mind network is activated in our brains. This is the part of our brain that understands the intentions, motivations, and beliefs of characters. It is central to identification and relationship building. I'm not going to presume to tell you everything you need to know about storytelling in 15 minutes, but I can tell you four things that I think are absolutely crucial to get right if you want to engage your listener. Sound good? Then let's start at the beginning. It's all about your audience. Philosopher Michel de Montagne said that speech belongs half to the speaker and half to the listener. So, if a story was told in the middle of the woods and no one heard it, did it even exist? No, my friend, it did not, because stories need a speaker and a listener to be real. And you are much more likely to get a listener if your story is something your listener is looking for. Nancy Duarte is an expert in telling persuasive stories. She says that persuasive storytellers position their audience as the heroes of a story. She writes, You are not the hero who will save your audience your audience is the hero of your story. Write that down. Duarte believes that the most persuasive stories are the ones that follow this structure. Hero encounters obstacle. Hero meets a guide. The guide gives the hero a plan. Hero uses the plan, overcomes the obstacle, and lives happily ever after. Many of the women I've spoken to on this podcast started their businesses by focusing on their audiences. They often started from really needing a story or a resource themselves, but not being able to find it. They thought that if they really needed these stories, maybe other people needed them too. So they started trying to tell these stories themselves. A great example of this is Tracy Nuku's Sexy Aging podcast, which has now become a community for women navigating menopause and midlife. The podcast started from Tracy's own menopause journey and her discovery that there was just not enough information or resources for women like her who were living fit, healthy, and active lives and wanted to keep on doing so. So Tracy made the resources herself. And guess what? Thousands of women around the world started listening, engaging, and sharing their own stories. In just over a year, Sexy Aging has grown into a community of thousands. On to the next step. Demonstrate trust and transparency. Nothing makes your audience disengage faster than dishonesty. And trust, once lost, is really difficult to regain. When it comes to big decisions, trusting the source really matters. I spoke about this with Mel Lowe, one of the co-founders of investment education platform Investera. Investera aims to change the face of investing and is doing this by focusing on more women investors. Mel and her co-founder Joy noticed that a big part of what was holding women back from investment was trust. They didn't trust the financial institutions that were giving them advice mainly because they were a bunch of old white guys who didn't speak like them, look like them, or take the time to understand what was really motivating them. You could also say that they weren't treating their audience as the heroes of the story, but let's get back to trust. The Edelman Trust Barometer tells us that because of our disillusionment with the financial sector in general, which has taken a serious hit in trust rankings post the 2008 financial crisis, we are much more likely to trust someone like us over someone who represents a legacy financial institution. We can't help what we look like, but we can help how we communicate. We can ask questions. We can seek to understand. Why do these women want to invest? What financial products are they interested in? We can take the time to demonstrate that we are authentically interested in helping our clients make good decisions for their money. And if we don't, we'll lose our audience. Right now, we can really see the importance of trust playing out in the storytelling around the ESG space. ESG has all of the elements of a good story, a clear obstacle that negatively affects all of us, a guide being environmental, social, and governance policies themselves, plans to make business more socially and environmentally responsible that will benefit us all. We will avert climate change and build happier, healthier, more resilient societies. The story around ESG was so good that lots and lots of people wanted to invest in businesses with ambitious ESG agendas. And 2021 became the year for ESG investment. But obviously, when you have large amounts of capital flowing in a particular direction, it's very, very important that we trust the businesses who are going to receive our funds. The problem is, how do we know that they're telling the truth? Sustainability is notoriously difficult to measure. Today, there are over 455 different sustainability certifications. The New Climate Institute has said that it's more difficult than ever to tell the difference between real climate leadership and just greenwashing. Which brings us to the other side of trust, which is transparency. We want to know that if you claim to do good, you are actually doing good. We want to know that you aren't just saying you're doing good. In other words, we want to look behind the curtain and see if your actions and policies stack up with your story. Carbon is a startup that is aiming to solve some of the mistrust in carbon trading markets by recording carbon credits on the blockchain. I spoke to co-founder Bri Yek about how they hope their solution will help solve a trust issue that could tarnish the entire space. Here's what she had to say. The idea is that one day we hope to solve the mistrust that now exists in the carbon trading markets. You need to be able to know that let's say if you buy a carbon offset from this project today, you even you retire it, it's not going to be retired again by someone else on another chain or another protocol. Without you knowing, we need to eliminate this double spending or sometimes even triple spending in order to ensure that the maximum impact is actually reached. That's one of the problems that exists with the markets today. I know there's greenwashing. And and so, of course, all this mistrust makes people go like, well, why should I do it? Let's move on to the third step in engaging storytelling. Edit. Edit, 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 edit until each and every part of your story is meaningful. The best stories are the simple ones. Have you ever heard the expression that good writing is more about what's excluded than what's included? Make the story easy for your listener to follow. A few episodes back, I spoke to Chantelle Lee, the founder of Kuching Food Aid. Chantelle's story was amazing in that during the first COVID lockdowns in Sarawak, which is in East Malaysia, she managed to secure a huge amount of donations and food aid for communities in need really quickly. These were communities of migrant workers and day workers who, if they couldn't go to work, had very little access to food and and just the basic necessities. Chantel was so successful in mobilizing this money and aid that local government came and sought her out to understand how she'd done it. And she is now working on an amazing project to bring together for-profit business, government and NGOs to share resources, and do more good. Chantel managed to secure so many donations by making it really easy and really simple to donate. She got e-commerce businesses to put a food aid box on their online stores and add a message at checkout along the lines of, before you leave, do you have an extra $9 to help families in need? These people were going to check out anyway. Chantel made it easy for them to donate also. In Chantel's mind, most people actually want to help, but they're also just really busy. So make it easy, be transparent about what the money is being used for, and people will buy into your story. Patagonia has been in the news recently since they decided to make Earth their only shareholder last month. If you haven't seen the statement that Patagonia released about their new ownership structure, then go and check it out. It's at patagonia.com forward slash ownership, and I'll also link to it in the show notes. That statement in and of itself is a masterclass in storytelling and simplicity, but I want to talk about Patagonia's mission statement. For 45 years, Patagonia's mission statement was build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. Now, this is a great message, but it is a little bit of a mouthful, and it feels more like an internal message to employees than an external story. In 2018, they changed their mission statement to this. We're in business to save our home planet. Beautiful, right? Straight to the point. It says pretty much exactly what their previous mission statement said, with the exception of the part about best product, But I think after 45 years, most people know that Patagonia make good product. But the point is, it's the same mission, just edited. It also brings me to my next point. Who is the hero in this statement? At first, you might think it might be Patagonia. They are the hero that's going to save the planet. But what, all on their own? No, listen to it again. We're in business to save our home planet. The reason they are in business is to aid in this fight. The hero is business in general. If the business community comes together with the intention to save our home planet, they can be heroes too. Patagonia is the guide. It's a call to action to come and join them. This brings us nicely into the fourth part of engaging storytelling. If you want people to listen to your story, you need to be the guide you're not Luke Skywalker. You need to be Yoda. Audiences identify with Luke Skywalker because they're imagining themselves in his shoes. But if you want people to listen to you, you need to be the guide. And part of being the guide is that you need to give your audience a special gift that will help them on their journey. A special gift? Before you switch this off thinking this podcast is descended into some mystical space with all of this talk about Star Wars and magic gifts, let me explain that a good place to start in figuring out what your gift will be is with the problems that the audience you serve most often struggle with. Give them some of the solutions to these problems that you have seen through your experience. It could even be your product that's the solution. Now, this is the point where people often start to get uncomfortable. Nobody likes to give away things for free. But we're living in a new world of storytelling. Nobody listens to you or believes in you just because you say they should, or because you've worked with X, Y, and Z client. If you're trying to educate, give valuable information. If you're trying to change behavior, allow people to try your new way of working. If you're trying to build community, Give them a space where they can connect with you and be genuine in your desire to guide your hero. So to wrap things up, when you're working on your story or your messaging, think about these four things as you go through your process. First of all, make sure the audience is the hero of your story. Secondly, establish trust through transparency. Thirdly, keep your message simple. And if you're trying to encourage action, make it really easy to take the next step. And fourth, be the guide and give a magic gift. I hope this has helped you think about how you can weave these into your own storytelling process. Whether it's brand storytelling, you're trying to educate, or you're trying to persuade people to do things differently. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend, a colleague, or a family member. Sharing is how podcasts grow, and I love hearing what you thought, so please leave me a review or reach out to me directly. You can find me on Instagram at the.purpose.effect, or you can email me at hello at thepurposeeffectpod.com. And you'll hear from me again in a couple of weeks, where I will be talking to a woman who is on a mission to put more money into the hands of women investors and female founders. So watch this space. Bye for now.